to effect a timely halt to deteriorating conditions and to ensure the common good. A state of emergency is declared for these territories by decree of Lord Cutler Beckett, duly appointed representative of His Majesty the King. By decree, according to martial law, the following statutes are temporarily amended. Right to assembly, suspended. Right to habeas corpus, suspended. Right to legal counsel, suspended. Right to verdict by a jury of peers, suspended. By decree, all persons found guilty of piracy, or aiding a person convicted of piracy, or associating with a person convicted of piracy, shall be sentenced to hang by the neck until dead. Sovereignty itself, of course, is not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to His Hardline. This is your place, this is your source to get the word of God learn true history of this nation. This is the place and the source where you get solutions on how to become a free people, to have the right to assemble. One nation under God, one community. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time and we will push him back on their side. Welcome to his hard line. It's time to get our nation back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. It is Thursday, October 6, 2022, and here in West Michigan, where I am at, it is a nice overcast day with a little bit of rain, so that's kind of nice. The leaves are starting to turn a little bit more. We're seeing more red, orange, and yellow. Leaves are falling. I'm looking forward to doing yard cleanup, so that's going to be pretty amazing. So anyways, you are listening to His Hardline. Glad to have you here for another His Hardline discussion. And today's topic is Kabbalist and communism is crap. And I mean it. And that's, I am telling you exactly how I feel in the cleanest sense that I possibly can. So I got some things here that uh, I want to play. Um, one of them is by G. Edward Griffin from 1969 he was talking about communism but before we get into that um i found this little essay or kind of article that was written by someone by the name of bettina bn greaves and she wrote it back in march 1st of 1991 and it's titled why communism failed and i want to read this first and so it says, three years after the Russian Revolution, an Austrian economist, Ludwig von Mises, argued that communism would fail and explained why. Communism or socialism couldn't succeed. Mises wrote in 1920 because it had abolished free markets so that officials had no market prices to guide them in planning production. Mises was relatively unknown when he made his controversial forecast, but he acquired some international renown later as the leading spokesman of the Austrian Free Market School of Economics. Now, since his death in 1973, his theories have gained new adherents and some now even in Eastern Europe. The Soviet Union was launched with high hopes. Planning was to be done by a central committee ensuring plenty for everyone. The state was to wither away, but things didn't work out that way. The Soviet state soon became one of the most oppressive in the world, and millions of Russians starved in the 20s and 30s. 
Now, as Mize has pointed out, the raw materials, labor, tools, and machines used in socialist production are outside of that market. And they are owned by government and controlled by government planners. And no one can buy or sell them. And no market prices can develop for them because they aren't exchangeable. Now, modern production is time-consuming and complicated. Producers must consider alternatives when deciding what to produce. And they must consider various means of production when deciding how to produce. And raw materials, tools, machines must be devoted to the most urgent projects and not wasted on less urgent ones. Now, consider for an instance the planning of a new railroad. Now, should it be built at all? If so, where and how? Is building the railroad more urgent than constructing a bridge, building a dam to produce electricity, developing oil fields, or cultivating more land? No central planner, even with a staff of statisticians, could master the countless possibilities. Now, machines might be substituted to some extent for labor. Wood, aluminum, or new synthetic materials might be substituted for iron, but how will the planners decide? Now, to make these decisions, planners must know the relative values and the exchange ratios or market prices of the countless factors of production involved. Now, but when these factors are government owned, there are no trades and thus no market prices. And without market prices, the planners have no clues as to the relative value of iron, aluminum, lumber, the new synthetics, or of railroads, oil fields, farmland, power plants, bridges, or housing. Without market prices for the factors of production, the planners are at a loss as to how to coordinate and channel production to satisfy the most urgent needs of consumers. Now, more than 70 years have passed since the Russian Revolution and 45 years since the end of the World War. Why then do the Russian people still lack adequate housing and many everyday items? Why does agricultural produce rot in fields for lack of equipment to harvest and transport it? Why are factories and oil fields so poorly maintained that production declines? Because the raw materials, tools, machines, factories, and farms are not privately owned, and without the bids and offers of private owners, prices reflecting their relative market values cannot develop. And without market prices, it is impossible to coordinate production activities so that the goods and services consumers need will be available. That is why communism fails. In a competitive economy where factors of production are privately owned, these problems are solved daily as owners calculate the monetary values of the various factors and then buy, sell, and trade them as seems desirable. And as Mises wrote in 1920, every step that takes us away from private ownership of the means of production and from the use of money also takes us away from rational economics. I want to repeat that because that's very noteworthy. Every step that takes us away from private ownership of the means of production and from the use of money also takes us away from the rash, from rational economics. What does that kind of sound like? It almost kind of sounds like, what's his face? Klaus Schwab over there at the WEF, the World Economic Forum. You will own nothing and you will be happy. That's exactly what they want for us. They do not want us to have private ownership of anything, not just on a private personal level, but also as a business owner. They do not want free markets. See, for them, it's not about money and profit. It's about power and control. Continuing on with this, the last paragraph, and it says, Today, even communists are coming to recognize that Mises was right. The USSR, a socialist society without private property and monetary calculation, is still floundering in the ocean of possible and conceivable economic combinations, as Mises foresaw in 1920, and without the compass of economic calculation. Will she now take the important step Mises recommended of introducing private ownership of the means of production. And <clears throat> this is just exactly what they've been wanting to do. They've been trying to create everything in this nation and prop it up as a private 
public partnership. That's pretty much the true definition of communism and fascism, socialism. It's all, it's all hand in hand. And, and, and people will argue, yeah, but Jason, fascism is a little bit different from communism and socialism. Yeah, that to some degrees, but let's be clear and let's be honest. It's all the same at the end of the day. And by that, I mean, it takes away. So here's the thing. This is, this is, I heard it put it like this. I put, I heard it, I heard this put, put it simply. It's easy to make a large group of people ugly, right? You can make anybody look ugly, but you can't make everybody equally gorgeous, right? And so that's what communism ultimately does. It's easy to make everybody poor. And so by doing so, right, putting everybody on equal ground, because that's really ultimately what they want to do. They want to have two classes of people, the right? The riches, the rich class of people. And then you got the rest of us, the peasants, right? The serfs. That's ultimately what they want. Who's they? The cabal, the bankers. Okay. But it's easy to make people equal in ugliness than equal in, you know, gorgeous beauty, right? And when I say beauty, external beauty, and it's the same thing with economic, um, with economic status, it's easy to make everybody equal by making them equally poor, but no, 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 no. We can't make everybody equally wealthy. At the end of the day, as it states in this title, I'm just going to say it bluntly and clear as day. Communism is legit crap. And as it states in this little essay, that was written, like I said, back in 1990, March 1 of 1991, excuse me, 1991, and why communism failed. It's very clear as day that that's what they've been trying to do here in this nation. They're trying to impose communism. Now, G. Edward Griffin was talking about this back in 1969. I want you all to listen to this little segment here, and then we're going to you know, talk about it. So let's hear what he said back then. As early as 1928, the communists declared that the racial differences among our people constituted the weakest and most vulnerable point in our social fabric. By constantly probing and straining at this one spot, they calculated that eventually the cloth could be torn apart and that Americans could be divided, weakened, and perhaps even set against each other in open combat. We mustn't kid ourselves into thinking that the communists have placed their agitators only into the black communities. They're working both sides of the street. They want hatred, violence, and bloodshed between the races, and they don't care how they get it or whom they use, even children if necessary. Here is a book that I think ought to be in every home library. It's entitled Color, Communism, and Common Sense by Manning Johnson. He joined the party as a young man because he honestly believed that the communists were trying to improve the conditions of his people. He was a dedicated communist, and eventually he rose to one of the highest ranks. But after many years, he discovered that instead they were merely planning to use his people in a bloody revolution to destroy America. And when he woke up to this, he dropped out of the party and devoted the rest of his life trying to alert his fellow citizens of all races to the true nature of the Communist Party as he knew it to be from the inside. Manning Johnson said, Black rebellion was what Moscow wanted. Bloody racial conflict would split America. During the confusion, Demoralization and panic would set in. Then finally the Reds say, Workers stop work. Many of them seize arms by attacking arsenals. Street fights become frequent. Under the leadership of the Communist Party, the workers organize revolutionary committees to be in command of the uprising. Armed workers seize the principal government offices, invade the residences of the president and his cabinet members, arrest them, declare the old regime abolished, establish their own power. Now, here is a piece of vicious communist propaganda that perhaps some of you have seen. It's called The Crusader. It's written by Robert F. Williams, one of the organizers of the Revolutionary Action Movement. In this issue of The Crusader, the communists call not only for extensive chaos within the cities, but for putting to the torch every village, every forest, every field, and every barn. The plan is for raging fires from one city to the next. The reason? Well, first, there's the value of sheer destruction. 
Secondly, it would force us to deploy our defenses and rescue units over the widest possible area. The communists point out that as long as our police and National Guard remain concentrated, they're invincible. But if they can be forced to spread out over the entire city and into the countryside as well, then they can be picked off from ambush one by one. And the third value of massive fire to the communists is psychological. The average American, they say, soft and decadent, when he sees billows of black smoke rising from one horizon to the other, when at night the only light he has to see by is the flickering red from flames leaping into the sky, he'll become paralyzed with fear and panic. He'll run away and hide and do nothing to interfere with the guerrilla bands as they strike at the community's power centers. The crusader explains how to set up sniper units in crowded metropolitan areas, how to manufacture jumbo Molotov cocktails, the gallon jug size, and how to mix the gasoline with certain ingredients to make it burn like napalm, how to pour gasoline into utility manholes in the streets to set fire to the main telephone cables, how to put sulfur tips from matches into air conditioning units and blow up large buildings, how to ignite gas mains and oil storage tanks. It explains how radio-controlled model airplanes can be used to fly explosive charges over heavily guarded fences into gasoline storage areas or munition stockpiles. It even calls for infiltration into the National Guard units, revolutionaries posing as non-militants for the... Let me pause there for a second. That's really relevant. Having infiltrators within National Guard units, and there's a reason why there is a civil war that people are unaware of within the military. Don't think everybody in the military is good. Now, there are good elements in the military, true patriots, true men and women who love this nation. But they're, like he was saying, okay, now remember, he was making this recording back in 1969. You have infiltrators and bad actors that will join. In fact, not only that, there has been people, gangs, as a matter of fact, gang leaders, they would join the military just to learn war tactics and, you know, and the measures and, and learn um, basically the, 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 the skills and traits of a warrior in the military just to bring it back on the streets. So don't think for a minute that if somebody that's a gang leader wouldn't sign, you know, that would sign up and enlist in the military to learn the tactics of the military and bring it back onto the streets. Don't think for one minute that there aren't people out there that would infiltrate to get in our National Guard. I mean, why do you think we're having so many stupid issues with the priorities within the military of trying to put transgenderism as top priority? I mean, what the hell is this? So don't think for one minute that they're not your neighbor. Don't think for one minute that these little communist traitorous whores, I shouldn't even call them traitors because they were never lovers of this nation. But they're, yeah, they are a traitor. If they are an American citizen, they are a traitor of this nation. If they're a communist trying to take down this nation, they are the teachers in our public schools. They are certain people within the military ranks top brass too probably too that's why this this war that we're in is so vital we have infiltrators in the assemblies yeah like Destry was saying we have infiltrators in our assemblies there are infiltrators everywhere and you know what's insane i live my life and now keep in mind i i never served in the military I never served in any type of capacity of any type of like top secret anything, right? But now with the environment that we're in, I treat most people that I encounter and even people that I even know, even at work, you just never know. I watch what I say around certain people because quite frankly, by and large, and I know this is kind of a terrible attitude. I don't really put a lot of trust in most people very easily there might be a certain level of trust but i don't put much much trust in anybody because again you just never know who's around you you don't know who's involved in what and i just don't you know i, I look at anybody and everybody as a potential 
individual, someone who's a potential domestic terrorist. And, and yeah, that might sound a little crazy. You might be like, Jason, you're a little nuts. All right. Your cheese certainly slid off your cracker, but here's the thing. Like he was just saying, G. Edward Griffin was saying, they will stop at nothing. They'll use children if they have to. Why do you think they're going after the children so heavily and so aggressively in schools to indoctrinate them to go against parents? There is so much immorality in our society. And this is what they're trying to do, trying to destroy a nation the United States of America. This is why the National Assembly needs to have more solid people of a good moral fiber that can make up the true solid fabric of this nation. Let's continue on. The purpose of getting free military training and for gaining access to critical military supplies and heavy weapons. And then, finally, Robert Williams says this. Any all-out minority revolution must create a state of crisis wherein almost all of the male population would be forced to remain in their homes to protect their property and families. The middle class is very large, but it is not accustomed to deprivation and terror. Because of its affluence, it has waxed soft. It has no stomach for massive fire, blood, and violence. The motive force behind its life drive is its endless pursuit of prestige, conspicuous consumption, and sensual pleasure. A few years of violent, sporadic, and highly destructive uprisings will set the stage for the grand finale. After the stage is properly set through protracted struggle, America could be brought to her knees in 90 days of highly organized, fierce fighting, sabotage, and massive firestorm. Ladies and gentlemen, the plans and preparations for a communist revolution of force and violence are far advanced. The organization behind these preparations has almost unlimited financial resources, and it provides both training and leadership based upon years of experience in many other countries. Our enemies are deadly serious about their task, and it's nothing short of national suicide for us to continue to ignore their plans and their progress. The violent revolution becomes of primary value to the communists to the extent to which it can be used to condition the masses psychologically to accept the non-violent revolution, which is offered supposedly as the only alternative. Hoping to avoid further violence and bloodshed, the public is to be pressured into accepting measures that will move the country gradually and legally toward communism, but without calling it that. The strategy of the proletarian revolution calls for the quiet conversion of our government into a communist regime, but under the banner of socialism. Well, what is socialism? All right, let's define it. According to the dictionary, socialism is a political concept based upon the principle of government ownership and control of property, the means of production, and the avenues of commerce. Under socialism, those who run the government, and the communists are confident that in America they eventually will be the ones who do so, those who run the government will know who is to get something and who has to wait, and that represents control over human beings. Let me pause there for a second. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty certain I don't want anybody having control over myself except God. That's about the only thing, only entity, the only divine power that I choose to have control over me is God Almighty in Jesus Christ. Um, again, socialism, communism, that gives you no free choice. Okay, you are underneath, you're, well, you're shackled is what you are. Why do you think the assembly of people, the assembly of states within the National Assembly is so vital. Because again, when we get back to self-governance, the way we should have always been in this nation, no one has control over you. This is why I say that we will eventually go back to being men and women of accountability because we will be responsible for ourselves. If we fail, we have ourselves to thank. If we succeed, we have ourselves to thank, as well as God too. Let's not forget that. Because with every failure and success, I believe, is also backed by God because we all need to fail too. Failure is very important 
in order to move forward with, with any type of success. But at the end of the day, we need to become men and women of de independence, hence the Declaration of Independence. We need to get away from the satanic system of convenience and ease. What is all this to do with the communist revolution in America? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it has everything to do with it because the building of socialism is the communist revolution in America. It represents the process whereby our country can be moved gradually toward communism without the people even being aware of it. No matter what grievance we may have, real or imagined, no matter what national problems we may face, the communists seize upon these as excuses to build socialism. They have one and only one solution for all problems. More government, more government, and then more and more until it's total government. And forgive me for saying it one more time, total government is communism. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's kind of funny. I got to read this to you. I went on Google and I just out of curiosity, I just typed in Google and Google's bad, by the way. I don't use Google very often. I use Brave for the most part. Now, if you type in communism, <laughs> typed in communism, then there's a list of questions that pop up underneath it. One of them says, what is opposite of communism? And underneath it says antonyms and near antonyms for communism. Now, this is rich. The first one that pops up says democracy, <laughs> self-governance, self-government, self-rule. All right, let's go back to that first one, democracy. Democracy is nowhere near an antonym of communism. What is democracy? Democracy is pretty much mob rule, okay? Where 51% control the 49%, okay? So in other words, you may be part of the 51% that gets their way, but what happens if, if, if all of a sudden a, a policy or something gets voted on and you're not in alignment with it, and guess what? Now you fall into that 49%. Well, Jason, that's not, that's not fair. Well, neither is democracy. Democracy is also a word that you won't find in the United States Constitution. In fact, you won't find it in any state constitution either. The word democracy does not fall in any of the constitutions, federal or states. Why? Because uh, democracy literally is the first step towards communism. It goes democracy, then socialism, and all communism is a socialism light. And socialism leads to communism. They're all elements of control over we the people. And I got news for people out there who subscribe to the communistic doctrines and that are self-proclaimed socialist. And we have people in my own family, my wife's family, that claim to be socialist. And I sit there and I scratch my head and I'm like, I look at them like they're batshit crazy. I'm like, what? Do you not hear yourself? Do you not understand what you are saying? I just don't understand. I, I can't comprehend the human mind when they say that they are for communism and socialism. <laughs> if they're for that, I say, you know what, let me buy you a one-way ticket to Venezuela or, you know, China or... Um, you know, some other third world country that actually has true communism, I'll, I'll be glad to buy you your own plane ticket. In fact, like Destry was saying, anarchy would almost seem better to deal with than communism. Because here's the thing, you're not voting yourself out of communism. Not that voting really matters much anyways. And no, I'm not telling people not to go out and vote with the midterms, just so I'm clear, okay, regardless of what I feel about the de facto and how all of our, you know, elections have been more selections than elections. 
you still get out and vote because we don't know what's going to happen, but you got to vote for the right individual. Listen, I'm not about the de facto, but yes, I will be voting for Donna Brandenburg for the de facto governor position in Michigan. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen with the elections. I have no clue. All I know is there's only one individual I'm voting for, and that's Donna Brandenburg. Anyone and everyone else, I'm, I'm not really too concerned about because here's the thing. At the end of the day, I'm about self-governance and about the National Assembly. I'm about the Michigan General Jural Assembly. That's the true government. The only reason I'm going out to vote for Donna Brandenburg is because I know what she represents. I know who she is. I know I would say in a fair amount of, you know, a fair, fair portion, I know what's happening to a, you know, a varying degree in the background. She's the only one that's running in the de facto that I'll support. No one else in the nation would I support. Yeah, but Jason, what about Donald Trump? Mm -mm. I mean, I would, but yeah, that'd probably be the only other one. Excuse me. That'd be the only other one. Yeah, but what about Ron DeSantis? Nope. Greg Abbott, if he ran for president? Nope. No. But at the end of the day, like like Destry was just saying, regardless of the venue, if it affects life and property, yeah. He said, I will vote my opinion on the matter, if nothing else. That's very important. Like I said, don't get my words mixed up. I'm not saying voting, don't go vote, or voting doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. But if nothing else, definitely vote your opinion on the matter, regardless if you think the election are selections or not. But anyway, but yeah, I just, you know, this is, this is a subject matter that people need to be very well aware of. And this is what they're indoctrinating our kids in public schools and at colleges. That's all colleges are. They're indoctrination systems of how to teach your kids to become little socialist puppets and communists. I got news for you, though. This is what I was going to say, and I lost track of thought, train of thought there. Anybody that's out there who is a socialist warrior, right? You're on the front lines, right? You're working for the, the movement, right? You're a socialist. You're in TIFA. Maybe you're head of your union for, you know, the school, whatever. Don't think for one minute that the elite and the cabal wouldn't throw you away and stomp you down in the trash bin like anybody else who's not a socialist. Once they use you, you think they are going to freaking let you have a seat at the table? Absolutely not. But yet they would indoctrinate you and use propaganda to make you think otherwise, to make you think that you're part of the team, that you're one of them. Here, let me pay you to go through Molotov cocktails at the Supreme Court house. Let me pay you with George Soros' money to up, you know, uprise and, and destroy cities nationwide because of, you know, a George Floyd being choked out by a piece of crap officer in Minnesota because he screamed for his mama, a grown man screaming for his mama. Now, I'm not saying that a grown man can't scream for his mama, but because the world heard that, oh, look out. That's why we had to burn America down. Silence is acquiescence. If you don't let your voice be heard, if you don't vote, if you don't get involved in your local state assembly, if you don't step up, then you have to accept whatever happens. In fact, you know what? Raccoon Six is joining, uh, calling us in here. I wonder. Let me bring him in for a minute. I only got some limited time. I'm gonna have to get off of here in a little bit. But let me bring on uh, Ronald here. Hold on. Let's see if I can get him on. Let's see here. Let's see if it come if he comes in here. Can you, uh, Ron? Can you hear me? 
Yeah, I can hear you. Hey, there you are. Hey, I, I'm, I'm got a little, I got, I'm a little limited in time here because I'm going to be getting off here shortly. It's been a packed day, but uh, I saw you were chiming in. So, what's going? Well, first off, good after, good evening. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. That's good. So, what do you got to say to weigh in on the subject? I know you're a man of much knowledge and research. So, talk to us. What What do you got on your mind? Well, a lot of people don't understand what the whole thing entails. You know, they they think it's one way, but actually, it's completely messed up, going different directions at the same time. You know, we have. All these cabal members trying to rule the earth and they sold their soul to the devil and nobody seems to care anymore. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with all the stuff that's going on with fuel shortages and food shortages in different places and, and people being arrested for things that were supposed to be God-given, you know, People have to wake up sooner or later, and usually it'll be a later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have, we've been infiltrated all the way to the top, and everything isn't what it seems to be. Things get a lot more prodigious as time goes on, and they're hoping that people just get bored and not worry about it. Exactly. Carry it's like on they're trying your to... life. Everything's fine. Don't worry. And they don't realize they're being tore apart at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's like they're trying to run out the clock. Yeah. Throwing those Hail Mary passes into the end zone. They ain't got anybody in the end zone except the people in the, in the stand watching the game. Not wanting to do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, nobody's hollering foul. Nobody's throwing red flags on the field. They're just going along with the games. And, oh well, I can't do nothing about it. It's not my position, or I don't want to rock the boat and make waves. Mm -hmm. And we'll end up having to deal with it in our own, you know, at our own levels. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because, like Destry was saying here in the chat board, how silence is acquiescence. And it, like you said, if yeah. you don't vote, then you have to accept whatever happens. Well, like with communism, and I've heard somebody said this, and it's so true. You can vote for communism, but let me tell you something else. You're not voting out of it because that requires, if you want communism to go away, that ends up becoming a bloody revolution at that point because there's no way they're going to let you vote out of that. Exactly. The bad part about it is the people who are for communism don't realize that once their usage has been used up, they become sacrificial lambs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's been done in three communist societies on this planet since then. You know, Mao took out everybody who had smarts that didn't, didn't go along with his agenda. 60 million people. And Stalin and then, then the same thing all the way up to 1982. People disappeared. Nobody paid attention. Nobody wants to get involved until it comes to their door and tell them to get on the truck. Mm hmm. Or that train car. Yeah, that train car might not even make it out of your yard. Mm hmm. Well, it's like Destry was just saying just now, Satan would never release his captives on his own free will. And it's so true. No, no. And he requires the rules of the game require him to get to your compliance to what he wants. Mm hmm. That's why they keep saying, don't comply with it. Don't comply with it. But people complied with this pandemic that they had going on. And a lot of people now are really seeing the, what's going on you know they they just do not get it until it solely affects them mm -hmm. you know it's yeah, interesting you know. how so many people are so ignorant to this like for example 
you know, this whole, the, the, the amount of evil that plagues our world, like the biggest thing right now, that's all the craze in the HOAs and, you know, uh, these suburban neighborhoods is these moms are getting together and except my wife, because she sees what's behind it, but they're getting together and they're having these little movie viewing parties for this up and coming. Well, it's already released Hocus Pocus two. And, yeah. you know, it's all based around evil, witchcraft, eating children. And I remember watching the first one, and I remember liking the movie when I was young. Now, I know it's kind of a little bit of a sidebar from communism, but my point is ignorance is, is something that, they, that these people rely on because my wife has been trying to wake, my wife and I both have been trying to wake up our neighbors with what's going on. And so when these little movie parties, my wife got invited to one, they're like, oh, yeah, we should have a girls' night, mom's night, and watch the movie Hocus Pocus 2. And my wife is trying to be cordial and nice, but say, no, look, if you guys want to do that, uh, don't count me in because I know what's behind all this. I'm not going to allow that into my mind. I'm not allowing that in my home. Maybe we can pick a different movie. And it's, it's starting to prompt thought with some of these moms that she hangs around with. But the whole point is, is like people have no idea what Baphomet is. They have no idea that witchcraft is a very alive and well thing among some of these people. I went to Sam's club the other day and when I went past the magazine and book section, there is magazines on witch witches, like an actual magazine, not, not fun. Like not just like uh, comical stuff, but actual witchcraft. I don't ever remember seeing that before rolling through Barnes and Noble when I used to look at the DuPont registry magazines, cause I used to love cars, but people are so ignorant to all the evil around the world. Not for ignorant, for ignorance is bliss for the evil, because mm -hmm. as long as they can keep you looking this way and not that way, they get their things done that they want to do. I mean, when you look at the fact that we got a Satan holiday coming up, Halloween, Halloween, Mm -hmm. What's the next day? Was it All Saints next Day? Day? On the calendar is All uh -huh. Saints Day. Yep. To flourish, to, to to take out the demons from last night and put them back where they're supposed to be at. But people relish it nowadays. I mean, the real secret of, of Christmas is evil. Yeah. Osiris's son was born. Yeah. Osiris married his mother, he courted his mother, and it was called Valentine's Day on the 14th of February. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's been staring us in the face for a very, very, very long time, for millennium. Easter as another and one. People are too oblivious because they have to have them endorphins go to their brain and give them that pleasure feeling and keep them subletted down to the point where they just can't think straight mm -hmm. you don't want to do the research because it takes time out of the movie or the football game or taking the kids to soccer practice or whatever people only knew how many pedophiles went to soccer practice and watched <sighs> games yeah yeah <laughs> <I mean, laughs> it's in the rules of the game People say, what rules? I said, these were rules set down long before we were even thought about. Mm -hmm. and, those, and those evil saints came down here, the evil angels, the fallen angels, whatever you want to call them, came down here. And Val said, I will take all I can. And God said, well, yeah, but you got to have their compliance. You just can't trick them into it. You got to have them do it willfully mm -hmm. do it willfully every day of their life well and that's why with the whole shot thing that's why i kept telling people they're not going to force you to take the shot they're going to give you the illusion they're going to make it seem like it's forceful right they're by trying to get you to do it on your own free will by what mentally exhausting you with the constant ads i i still hear it. ron it, it, i tell you it pisses it's not it, only that it's the misinformation that they give yep. you with the judgments used to be yep. when you and i i used to give shots when i was in the military since i was in the medical field and we always had a laundry list on that piece of paper of things that can go wrong or will go wrong and things that to look out for and all the ingredients, but 
during the pandemic they had blank sheets nothing yep nobody knew what it was everybody was compliant with it the doctor was saying you must take it and the nurse was saying the doctor told me to give it to him according to the nuremberg act which is kind of on the basis of the law of god you can't experiment on your own people right and that's what this has been it's been an experiment but not an experiment of medical malpractice the mental malpractice mm-hmm. they lied to everybody who took the shot i've lost friends already i've lost nine friends to strokes and heart attacks they took sorry the to shot. hear that so sorry to hear that. who's going through difficulty right now he took the shot because he had to go visit his his, his sister up in canada she was sick mm. you know and it's like people were deceived and i seen it when they first started talking about because i've been researching this stuff since 81 about just vaccines in general mm-hmm. and i know they have never ever been able to work with the virus to make a kill shot for it they've never isolated the virus no synthetic it's all been gain of function since 1912 when they started yep. making the first uh additions to the common code that's what a virus is the common code is a virus that's why it's mm-hmm. never been cured and it'll never be cured because it constantly mutates mm-hmm. and it'll mutate itself in one area down to the point where it just late basically just goes dormant and then when the weather cracks it needs that cold weather because it's an anaerobic acidic based product so it needs the rot of the winter and the fall to come back to life to infect people while they all bundled up good and sweaty and got hot breath on them while they're out there shoveling snow or raking leaves and they can they get this but then they get freaked out because they feel bad for a day or two but that's part of the decease disease is actually decease Decease means an invasion on the normality of the body chemistry. And that's what causes people to get sick. And with all the stuff we've been put under in our food chain, in our medication, everything has been to make us sick so we can spend more of our money on worthless disease uh treatments mm-hmm. they don't cure anything anymore they only treat it for life and when you die somebody else takes your place that's just they it don't lose money yeah i spent 18 years in the medical field i've seen it i've worked in the hospitals i've worked in the clinics so you've seen I've the seen belly it. of the beast I've, I've been at the belly of the beast and they asked me if I wanted to become a doctor. The army was going to put me through medical school. I said, I can't, I can't lie to people on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That kind of shot my career down at that point. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, but, though? It's like what it says in the Bible. What profits a man for he gains the whole world? But, you know, you know what profits a man for he gains the whole world but loses his soul, right? Exactly. That's what I say. They sell their soul to the devil. They sell their soul for that money and greed. Mm-hmm. You don't need three houses. You don't need a supersonic golf club and a, or a supersonic golf cart and the best golf clubs on the market. I mean, we've been propagandized in it too through all the teachings that's been going on in our public systems, our workplace, our homes. It it comes to a head when it comes down to the point that people start to believe the narrative and they'll stand by it not knowing because they didn't look at it not knowing that they're staring the belly they're staring the beast in the eyes and they're getting ready to drop into the belly of the beast but once they take that that stuff and they start working on them and they start defending it that they're playing on the wrong side of the game Yep. And that whole, I was just following orders was not going to hold up very well in, not in, in a defense. court of law. Nope. nope. And, and, yep. and that's 
One of the reasons why the contempt of the Constitution now is the first de jure law that was put together by some very good, bright men and women in the National Assembly. One of them who is listening in right now is part of that. And the beautiful part that I keep repeating and I will continue to echo is there is no statute of limitations when it comes to crimes against humanity. And I love that. They're still chasing down, they're still chasing down Nazi scientists and stuff. Just stay. Mm-hmm. You just don't hear about it because they don't want that out. That's right. I mean, they, they're, they're still running them down. But I'm going to send you a video I watched this morning, which is really something I've been telling people for a long time. And it might shock you. you know, oh, I'd love to check say, that out. Yeah, I, I knew about that. I mean, but this is something that at the very end of it it gives you dates and locations of where this happened at and it tells you the story going it's about a 45 minute video cool but it narrows down on everything we believe has been true for the last thousand years and then it shows that in this last 40 years what happened with everything is going on uh-huh. and why a lot of people who claim to be godly don't go to church because uh-huh. we've seen through it yep and it, it really really hits a nerve i mean when i seen it I go crap i don't believe they put that down and it made it through (laughs) but it was a worldwide event and it explains it because a lot of our belief is in the church for most people is in the church Mm -hmm. and when you become a 501c3 you open yourself up to censorship yes and people don't realize this. This is why people like Joe Olstein has gotten so big because he's literally running with the devil. Yes, he is. And a lot of the different religions around the world have been absorbed into this. And I say around the world because this became a worldwide thing. And it was a conglomeration that the Vatican controls all religions. And I've said it several times on podcasts. I don't know if I've said it on yours. But they control it all now. Oh, yeah. And he is he is pushing the one world religion. All religion will combine as one. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't take you to the belly of the beast, you can look at the pictures on the inside of the Vatican. They explain everything in Revelation in in ten uh, verses of the Rev or I should say verses in ten prophecies of the of the Revelation. It narrows it down and slams it in your lap of what Revelation is telling us in those ten prophecies. He didn't go through all of them; he just went through ten important ones. Yeah, and it's like. We've been under the control for a thousand years. And like I told people, you know, the last time this happened was in the Middle Ages. We had the Dark Ages. Uh-huh. And after that, they went into the Golden Age or the Renaissance. And that's what people are preaching now about a Renaissance, a Golden Era. But they've been They've been false eras up to this point. But at the same time, they face the same difficulties as we're facing. The only difference that we have is we have television. Back mm-hmm. then, they barely had lights, you know, they had candles and lanterns. Their their ability to to learn wasn't as acute as most people because they were basically herded around like worker ants. Yeah. Go in there and perform your duty. Then you can go home and rest and you can get back up and perform your duties. And that's what they've been doing to us since they 
came around with the, the, the industrial age. The industrial age is good and it's bad because it's good for the people to have things that make life easier, but it's bad when you have only a certain few people controlling the entire agenda for the industrial age. And that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're no. facing it now we're facing another, another dip and hopefully it won't be the last one, but we'll face yep. another dip and it'll last for seven years, which is the revelation is we'll have seven years. And then everything will go into a final era and it'll be the golden age, but that's not the final era. That's only for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. That's a, and if you don't get all the rats on the ship, sooner or later, they start popping up again in mass generation later. Yep. Because rats breed rats. And if somebody gets it in their wild head, well, you know, it's, the coast is clear. Now I'll start deviating from the, the way things are now and I'll prosper and I'll make the money and I'll control the people. And then it goes and it snowballs. But when you see that, I'm going to send that to you here in a little bit. And, sure. That'd uh, be great. I'll, I'll let you see that because it explains the entire thing about the Vatican from start to finish and how they control everything because they are on the three hilltops mm -hmm. as in revelation, as in the Bible, it tells you that the devil will sit on the hilltops. Well, the Vatican was built on three hilltops right outside yep. of Rome and it became its own country and they control everything that's going on right now to a point there's other people involved in it too but this ain't an easy job and like I tell, said last time this ain't on our time shot yep you know we can't say months days or hours because in the Bible when it was seven days to build the world and create man and have a day of rest. Well, that was on God's time. According to what I I'm sending you here, that's 2,600 years. Yeah. And it explains it in there because it's, it's like you can have your usual idea and then you could have the real information about the decoding of this and it and it has a lot of things in it with the months traveling you know we used to have 13 months and with the 12 months yep and it was a zodiac were tied into it but every 2600 years the zodiacs reposition in the sky and it yep. explains it the german scientists figured this out a long time ago and they called him a heretic. Mm -hmm. And he was pushing the, their against their agenda of control because, you know, time is irrelevant. Yes, it is. Time really is irrelevant because most people work from sun up to sundown and at night they went to sleep. Why did they go to sleep at night? Because that was the devil's time. Mm -hmm. Wake up in the morning. The devil seeks the morning sun. Because he knows he's had to shut down for a little while. You know, it's kind of like the vampire movies. Got to hide from the sun or you'll burn up. Right. Yeah. Uh, during the sun, that light is God's time. Oh, that's exactly it, it. Down to it. You know, if you're a partier at night and you see all the devious stuff that goes on at night in the dark, mm -hmm. you understand that that's the devil's ruling it. And he's coming out into the light now because he knows his time is near. Yeah, it's uh he'll be banished again once again, but he's going to do as much damage as he can to everybody's lives that he can touch. No, you're absolutely right. And that's exactly, that's exactly what he's doing. And my wife, we've talked about this at great length. We keep saying he's, he's losing his foothold and now he's throwing everything plus the kitchen sink at it, which is why we're seeing all this, <laughs> 
this chaos. But I will say I do have to cut this short because, you know, okay. tomorrow I have to uh, 2 a.m. comes very early for me in the morning. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. But I'm yeah, glad you, you I'm glad you chimed in, Ron. I really appreciate that. And yes, send me that video. Well, I'd love to check that out. And so, I'll, but, I'll send uh, this to you right after right after your show. I'll send it to you. Well, awesome. Well, chime in anytime. Always a pleasure having you on. You know that. I always, you know, like I said, if you ever, you know, got something to add in onto the show, please chime in. Because like I said, I know you, uh, you do quite a fair amount of research and you dig in deep into this. So I really appreciate you chiming in about this. So yeah, I look forward to that video. All right. All right. You have a good night, Ron. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It's my, our pleasure. And so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to, uh, you know, break this up, break the party up, but yeah, it's, uh, I always like talking with Ron since we had him on last week. It was a, it was a pleasant surprise. Cause like I said, I didn't know what to expect. We never met, never talked previously on the phone, just a few emails. And then of course, seeing his commentary on the chat board here, I could just tell that the man has done a lot of research. He's a very smart man and I appreciate having good conversation with intelligent people who know how to use critical thinking and who knows how to use their time wisely and how he uses his time is he researches. He's not watching repeats of all my children or, you know, married with children, I should say, or, you know, or Hogan's heroes or everybody loves Raymond. He's doing research. I'm not saying watching TV shows is bad. I used to watch a lot of TV, but I don't anymore. I just don't, I don't, I choose not to, but anyway, but I do appreciate you all being here with us. Let's do a quick outroduction, you know, outro prayer here. It's the warrior's prayer. Heavenly Father, your warrior prepares for battle. Today I claim victory over Satan by putting on the whole armor of God. I put on the girdle of truth, may I stand firm in the truth of your word, so I will not be a victim of Satan's lies. I put on the breastplate of righteousness, may it guard my heart from evil so I will remain pure and holy, protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. I put on the shoes of peace, may I stand firm in the good news of the gospel so your peace will shine through me and be a light to all I encounter. I take the shield of faith. May I be ready for Satan's fiery darts of doubt, denial, deceit, so I will not be vulnerable to the spiritual defeat. I put on the helmet of salvation. May I keep my mind focused on you, so Satan will not have a stronghold on my thoughts. I take the sword of spirit. May the two-edged sword of your word be ready in my hands so I can expose the tempting words of Satan. By faith, your warrior has put on the whole armor of God. I am prepared to live this day in spiritual victory. Amen. Amen, indeed. Amen, indeed. And so that is all we have for the day. I hope you all have a very good Friday coming up tomorrow, and I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend coming up. We'll be back here tomorrow for another episode of 1% with him. It'll be in the afternoon. Like I said, tomorrow starts a six-day stretch of work for me. Kind of crazy. I'm not looking forward to it, but you know what? I don't really care about the weekends anymore, to be quite honest with you. Um, I don't like going out when everybody else is out. So quite frankly, I'm actually okay having some days off, you know, in the middle of the week, like a Thursday, Friday, you know, next week I'll have Thursday, Friday off. So next week, Friday, I'll have Donna Brandenburg on. Um, hopefully I can get on her show without being interrupted by whoever the heck was trying to screw with us last Friday. Um, but anyway, but yeah, we'll, we were, I will probably have her on every other Friday cause I'll be working every other Friday for a little minute here. And I think come maybe December. January, right around there. Um, I'll get back to having, you know, my Fridays available every, every Friday again. So, um, just kind of chaotic with work. And I do apologize for that. Hopefully maybe in due time at some point, maybe God will bless, you know, bless this channel to where maybe somehow, some way we can, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not even, I'm not even going to say, but, uh, maybe at some point, hopefully I can do this full time. What that looks like. I have no idea. I leave that up to God. Um, but until then or the next time, I hope you all have a blessed day or night wherever you're at in the world. 
Thank you for joining us here. And remember here at His Heartline, we are firm, we are steadfast, we are uncompromising. What does that mean? It means that we are done with dealing with the enemy crossing over that hard line. No more. We push Satan and his minions back on their side and we throat stomp them into the mud. No more. Like it says in Joshua 1.9, my favorite scripture, my favorite verse, or at least top 10. I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear, nor be dismayed. That's very important. Do not fear, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So proceed forward, ladies and gentlemen. Have no fear. Bury your trust and faith in God and surrender your life to God and Christ. And I'll tell you what, you will not regret that decision because that is ultimately the time when miraculous things will happen in your life. Put trust in God and you'll be very pleased. Well, you have a good night, day, wherever you're at in the world. And till then or the next time, we'll see you later tomorrow. Have a blessed day. By decree of Lord Cutler Beckett, duly appointed representative of His Majesty the King. By decree, according to martial law, the following statutes are temporarily amended. Right to assembly, suspended. Right to habeas corpus, suspended. Right to legal counsel, suspended. Right to verdict by a jury of peers, suspended. By decree, all persons found guilty of piracy, or aiding a person convicted of piracy, or associating with a person convicted of piracy, shall be sentenced to hang by the neck until dead. joining us here at His Heart Line. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We are warriors for Christ, ladies and gentlemen, and that enemy has crossed that line for the last time, and we will push the enemy back on their side. It's time to get our nation back. It's time to return to God. We need to repent of our sins. If we plan on moving forward as a nation under God, we need to ask for his forgiveness. And each and every day, remember, you need to ask and invite Jesus Christ in your heart each and every day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heartline, and please come back. Share this podcast far and wide, and don't forget to share the website, www.hishardline.com. We'll see you next time.